Okay. Today we wrap up the Gregorian calendar year that we've called 2020. It's been a wild year. You know, in October 1582, a fellow named Pope Gregory replaced the Julian calendar, which had been used since January 1st of A.D. 45, and named the year, the calendar after himself. <laughs> this is the year 5780 in the Hebrew calendar. It's the year 4716 in the Chinese calendar, and the Buddhists call it 2562, the Byzantines call it 7528, <clears throat> the Ethiopians call it 2012. The Islamic calendar calls it 1441, and the solar calendar calls it 2563. But we in the West see the calendar year as perhaps universal, that somehow we've got the, the mark on what year it is. The year is really an arbitrary kind of thing. We mark time, but with God there is no time. I see this year... 2020, as a gift from Almighty God to turn our attention away from all of those things that distract us from Him. And I love the praises of His children. I truly love the praises of His children. It's okay, Mom. It's okay. She can sing out her praises. That's wonderful. I know it's embarrassing to you, but it's okay with me. Many of us take so many things for granted. We take so many things for granted. We, we just don't think about them. We, we, we have running water. We have food consistently. We have warmth. We have lights. We have friendships. We have family. We have so many things that we take for granted. And this year has forced us to take a harder look at those things, I think, that we take for granted. Yeah, maybe we should pray before we move on. Father, we need You more than anything. We're Your children, and as Your children present today, we ask that You would pour Your Holy Spirit upon us. Help us to separate the truth from error. Reign here and in our individual lives, Father, and please block all distractions from our minds. Help us to absorb Your truth completely. Bathe us in Your Spirit-filled Word. Please empower me with boldness and clarity to speak Your Word through the name of Yahashua, the one we call Jesus. I surrender to You, Father. Please give me unction to speak by Your Spirit what each of us needs to hear. I pray in Christ's name and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. If you care to open a Bible to read in the book itself, you can turn to page 923 to the 90th Psalm. 
Psalm 90. And if you don't care to open the book, that's fine, because Tony, we praise God for Tony, yes. taking last-minute things. Can we, is it possible to take some of that heat out of Rosalie's mic? It's just a little bit hot <clears throat> until we get back to singing, if you don't mind. Nine, what did I say it was? 923. And it's Psalm 90, page 923, Psalm 90. And I'm, I'm going to read the entire psalm for our edification. This was a prayer of Moses. Lord, You have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever You had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, You are God. You turn man to destruction and say, Return, O children of men, for a thousand years in Your sight are like yesterday when it is past, and like a watch in the night. You carry them away like a flood. They are like a sleep. In the morning they are like grass which grows up. In the morning it flourishes and grows up. In the evening it's cut down and withers. For we have been consumed by Your anger and by Your wrath we are terrified. You have set our iniquities before You, our secret sins in the light of Your countenance. For all our days have passed away in Your wrath. We finish our years like a sigh. The days of our lives are seventy years. And if by reason of strength they are eighty years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. You know the power of your anger? Who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long, and have compassion on your servants. O satisfy us early with your mercy, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days." Make us glad according to the days in which you have afflicted us, the years in which we have seen evil. Let your work appear to your servants and your glory to their children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands." We're about to reach the last day in this calendar year. I trust that Almighty God will bless the reading and hearing of His Word. I built this message on the notes from one that I delivered in 2006. I don't recall if I've ever shared some of the details that are in this message since then. I just don't recall. I may have. There's many people around the world that are planning, even now, to wildly celebrate this time that we call New Year, the New Year's Eve. In the blink of an eye, we'll turn that calendar. In the blink of an eye, 2020 will come to a sudden end a dramatic end, and 2021 will jump onto the page 
will turn the page of the calendar or replace the calendar with another calendar. And there's, as I said, many people that are planning to celebrate this turning. Many will begin the new year with what they call New Year resolutions, a resolve to do something or resolve to stop something. And I have nothing against making resolutions, promising yourself that you will do more or less than what you did in the previous year. Resolving to change is common, but who really changes? Somehow by turning the calendar page or tearing off the December page, we have some sense of relief. Glad that year's over. And sometimes we have a great sense of wonder. What's this new year going to bring? We've boxed our lives into calendar pages. But that's not so with God. For many people, this simple act renews expectation that our lives will improve. And and I wonder, how is this so? Who taught us this? How did we learn to think that by turning a page on a calendar that somehow our lives were going to be better, that when that number changes from 2020 to 2021, everything's going to be better? How did we get to this place where we look at a calendar as if it provides hope for us when only Almighty God can bring us hope? How can we think that we will have any different results in this calendar year than the rest? Well, I'll tell you, God's Word gives us hope. Studying His Word, praying to Him, worshiping Him, these are the things that bring us that better, whatever it is, as we draw nearer to Him. What difference does it make to have a second elapse on the calendar, excuse me, on the clock, and to turn that page of the calendar. What difference does it really make? Let's open our Bibles again, if you want to. We're going to go to Second Peter. We're going to look at verses 3. We'll begin at verse 3. Peter is after James, 2 Peter is after 1 Peter. We're going to look at the third chapter, 2 Peter, and that's page 1863 in those Bibles there in your seats. Peter is seeking to inspire pure thinking and pure living. And there are those who criticize this message because it seems so gloomy. But what he's seeking to do is to draw us into the presence of Almighty God and God's timeline. He wants us to recognize that our lives are going to end here on this planet. The whole planet's going to end. And so being tied up in the things of this world is not the place that Almighty God wants us to be. And as we read this, I think we'll see that his words refresh our memory of the things that are written by prophets and what apostles had to say. 
that our Lord and Savior commanded us to do. It's 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning at verse 3. And I want you to hear what's written there. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, in the beginning was the word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years. We read that in Psalm 90. King David spoke those words. And a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, there are those today that say repentance is a work, and therefore it's not necessary. That's the doctrine of demons. The Scriptures tell us God wants us all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which... The heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for a new heaven, and new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by Him in peace, without spot and blameless, and consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. As also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the Scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away from the, excuse me, with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and forever." One day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. Can anybody remember where they were last New Year's Eve? I know where I was. I was sleeping, <laughs> okay? <laughs> what about ten years ago? What about... Can everybody hear me okay? Okay. What about 1976? I can. I can remember where I was New Year's Eve 1976. It's marked in my mind with an indelible marker. Began the night with a friend who offered to give me a ride to pick up the girl that I was dating at the time. 
And I ended that night in the hospital. Right when the big ball was dropping in New York City, I was a passenger in a red 1971 Torino. It had a 302 V8, 5.0 it's called nowadays. Five liter, powerful eight-cylinder engine. Roar. It wasn't that particular car. It was the only picture I could find of one. The one that we were in didn't have the yellow stuff on it. And we picked up my girlfriend, and we started visiting other people. We went to different places, and everywhere we went, everybody was partying, and I refused. I refused because I didn't want to start the new year with a headache. I didn't want to wake up hungover to start a new year. Man, did that change. Everybody was having a wild time, and the car owner and another man that was with us got drunk, extremely drunk. And the other guy insisted that we go to his place, which was a few miles from where we had been. We were in Mount Washington, and he lived in Beachview, and he wanted us to go there. And I said, well, okay, we can go there, but I'm driving. I was the sober one. And they refused. The owner gave the keys to the other guy, and I'm trying to wrestle the keys off him, and they wouldn't give them to me. Now, this girl was from Peters Township, which was about 15 miles away, and I knew if I had to call her dad or my dad that I would never see her again. And so I opted to get in that car in the back seat with those two guys that were drunk, the owner sitting on the right side, the other guy driving. And we got to the red light, the bottom of Warrington Avenue and Sawmill Run Boulevard and West Liberty Avenue. And after that light changed, the driver punched the gas pedal. That engine roared to life, threw us back in the seat. And we went speeding out West Liberty Avenue, and I was punching the guy, slow down, slow down, yelling. I was sitting in the middle of the back seat. The girl was sitting on the right side. She was probably 16, I guess. I was 18. They wouldn't hear me. And I watched that speedometer needle rapidly climb as we were roaring up the road. And I knew that before too long, there was a really sharp bend And that had me concerned because he wasn't slowing down. And as we approached that bend, I saw this green car, similar to this one, except it had a black vinyl top. <clears throat> and we were aimed right for the back of that car. We didn't have radial tires. And suspensions weren't like they are today. The tires were squealing as we hit that bend. I kept yelling, and I turned to the girl, and I said, we're going to hit that car. And we did. Slammed into the back of it. Now, you saw the front of that Torino. That was the first picture that I saw of it after the accident, whenever. 
we went to the city pound where they had towed it. You ever get sick on an amusement park ride and want to get off, but you can't? You ever feel like you're slipping on the ice and you just can't stop the slip? That hopeless feeling that you have? As we were careening toward that car, that's the feeling. I had this just sick gut feeling that this was not going to work out well for us. It was a helpless, hopeless feeling. And we hit that car. We hit the car in the back. Go to the next slide. Go to the next one. Go to the next one. We plowed into the back of that car at about 80 miles an hour. I was thrusted forward. This is New Year's Eve. Right there on the radio, it was, people were yelling and screaming, Happy New Year! Just as we hit. Bam! And my body doubled over. I went down behind the seat, and my face was on the floor. And I could hear the metal dragging on the road surface. But it was like slow motion. It was this grinding. And we sped across four lanes and hit another car and drove it up over the sidewalk. The roof of the car is bent. Go to the next slide, Tony. Next one. That was the inside. You see the seat? It ripped out of the floor, and it was on top of me in the back. What I didn't know at that time was that my ankle had been broken and my back had been broken. And when I got up off the floor, I saw flames all around us. That's why the, the metal on the car, you see everything's melted? The flames eventually came into the car before the car was put out. See, the, the sparks from the car that we were in ignited the gasoline from the car that we hit because we ripped the gas tank right out from under it. Do you have the one with the, the green car that was hit? We hit the back of that car. It spun around and it slammed into a telephone pole sideways. You can go to the next slide. That dent in the side there, that was the telephone pole. That car slammed up into the telephone pole. You got one more on that one? See that in the back, there's a gazebo. That was a nightclub. And people were in there celebrating. And I'm not telling you this to ask for your sympathy or your pity. I've walked away from this a long time ago, alive, okay? And I praise God for that. I want you to understand something, though. Every day that we have is a gift from God, and I know this intrinsically. This drove it home for me. I started preaching when I was 15 years old, and at 17, in the summer before my 18th birthday, I was choked by a priest. I won't go into all of that, but I stopped preaching. I ran from God. And now by December, I was running with people that I shouldn't have been running with. That's a fact. 
and I was there when I was not supposed to be. God allowed it to happen. When I got up from under the seat, the girl was screaming hysterically, and I re- the seat was laying down on me, and I reached up over the driver who was laying sideways on the seat, and the, pas- the, the owner was laying on the passenger side up against the door. Both of them were unconscious. I reached over and grabbed the door, and to my surprise, it popped open. Now, there's flames, okay? I got a hold of the girl, and I drug us out over that seat, out of the car. Of course, there's flames coming up underneath of the car. I had long hair at the time, and some of it got burned from the flames that were coming up. Of course, she's screaming hysterically. I get her out of the car. I turn around to grab the guys, and she takes off running. I ran after her and grabbed her. I said, I've got to get them out of the car. And she's screaming, they got out, they got out. I said, no, they didn't. They were still in the car when we got out. I turned around and went back, and sure enough, they were gone. They weren't in the car. I didn't know how, I couldn't see how that happened, but time was distorted. That's all I can tell you is I don't know actually how much time took place from the time we hit that car until I was going down the road with that girl walking. And we walked into that crowd that came out of that nightclub, and they're yelling, Happy New Year! They heard the explosion, they heard, saw the light, you know, and then there was one woman, I remember, in a peach dress, and she looked up the street. Boy, I just lost my mic. Praise the Lord. Still on. That's why I wanted to take the handheld mic. There was this woman in a peach dress that looked up the road and she saw the accident and she started screaming, Oh my God! Oh my God! And she's screaming and screaming. And we walked right through that crowd and nobody noticed us. Nobody noticed us. Isn't that how it is, though, in in real life? Like for all of us, sometimes things happen and we just don't notice the tragedy. The real tragedy isn't the car wreck and the flames. And, of course, gasoline was running underneath like three or four other cars. I remember Lincoln Continental, the tires were on fire as we were walking by. I was almost the son who's death was marked by a cross on the side of the road. All of us were. But at that time, nobody marked road crash deaths with crosses. They'd sooner forget that it happened. It was on the nightly news. People learned that I was in that car, and they were amazed that I was alive. And I can tell you, I've lived knowing that the days that we are given by God are gifts from above. I absolutely know this. Every single day in the 16,067 days that I've lived since then, I've realized that every day is a gift from God. Oh, it took me a while. It was about five years, six years or so before I actually started to surrender. Don't fight with God, folks. He's got a call on each of your lives for something. Don't fight with Him. It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter who tries to intervene because ultimately we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against these powers of evil that are beyond our comprehension. 
But don't run from what God has called for you to do in this coming year. I don't know what it is. I don't know what God has called for you to do, but don't run from it. You see, I did. Hit the next slide. See, that car, that's a similar car to the next one we hit when we went across four lanes. Flat, there you go. That was the second car. Now, you can see underneath the driver's door is the curb. That's how far we drove that car after slamming into the first one. Come across the four lanes, and we hit that second car. That car was a year old when we hit it. year and a half, two years, maybe. And those people had a whole new year, didn't they? So did we. I know that we are called to remember Christ's sacrifice and to live as people of love. And it took a number of things. That wasn't the only one. That was horrific, but it wasn't the worst of them. It took for God to get me back. So when you see me here in this pulpit, when you see me preaching His Word, it's because I have surrendered to Him. I refuse to do anything less anymore. People ask, well, how do you, how do you work as a volunteer, Pastor? I said, God takes care of me. He takes care of the birds. Isn't that what our Lord said? He takes care of the birds. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about anything. Is it hard? Sometimes very. But that reminds me. The first church charge that I was in the pulpit, I turned to God and I said, you know, I remember why I ran from you. And he said, you can run again if you want, but I'm going to bring you home. That was the message I got loud and clear from him. And so as long as I want to be here, I'm going to just keep on doing what he wants me to do because I want to be doing his work. I've got a lot of catching up to do, folks. I was running from him for a long time, and I don't want anybody to run from him. You need to understand, as you turn the calendar page, as that second elapses on the clock, and you see this new year, 2021, don't bring it in outside of God. You know, it was a woman, mother of one of the people in this congregation right now, who wrote to me after the Christmas Eve message and thanked me, because it touched her. It touched her very much. And I never know. Sometimes God puts words in my mouth I did not prepare to say. I don't believe I've shared this part of my testimony in a very long time. I don't remember other than the 2006 notes that I had jotted down to share with the congregation that I was in at that time. So often we think we're invincible, especially when we're young. I know we're not. I'm certain of it. The enemy tricks us into believing that we have everything under control, that somehow we're in control, but we're not, folks. God is in control. And He allows things that we can't fully comprehend. We don't get the big picture. We can't. He doesn't give us the ability to comprehend what it is that He's doing in our lives at every moment, every second. 
And then at other times, it seems like we, we get all the information. We know exactly what he's doing. Because he's sovereign. We're not. He wants us to serve him to the best of our ability. And we see that in Moses, for example. Moses I can't speak. Why would you want me? And I said that to God. I said, I can't speak. I, I'm not supposed to be able to speak. I can't put sentences together. I can't make paragraphs. I don't know how to do any of this. And he said, you're my man. And I said, no, I'm not. And he said, you're my man. See, that's what happened with Moses. Moses said, no, I can't talk. I'm not the one. And then think of Gideon. Well, look, if you want me to do this, you've you got to prove it's you. I did that, too. And then Jonah, see, Jonah, he ran from God. He ran. And what happened? Shipwrecked, could have died, in the belly of a big fish or a whale, as some say. See, I ran from God. And I end up being like Jonah. Now, I don't know about you, but that stomach acid and that big fish probably bleached his skin. Might have been splotchy. Jonah had to accept the will of God for his life, and yours truly did too. There was nothing more that I could do. I was in a car that crashed at a high rate of speed, and I lived, and so did the other occupants. None of us died. In fact, I was the one most seriously injured with the broken back. I remember the driver had a cut on his knuckle, and he was complaining about that because his hand must have hit the windshield or something whenever we crashed. We read from Peter, and Peter reminds us, Peter reminds us that the enemy tricks us into thinking past all of these things that are coming. He reminds us that many people will be controlled by their own selfish lusts and their choices. And the sad reality is their choices can affect us. Their choices can affect us if we are in close proximity to those people that are living outside of the will of God, their choices can affect us. So God says, don't do those things. Don't go carousing. Don't be drunken. He tells us that the heavens and the earth that are now in existence are being preserved by the command of God reserved for fire. They're being kept for the day when godless people will be judged and destroyed. And Peter reminds us of what's written in the 90th Psalm. We heard it when we read both of those. There is no difference in the Lord's sight between one day and a thousand years. To Him, both are the same. And we can't wrap our mind around that because we live by the clock in the calendar. We live by the tick, 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 especially when the pastor's talking long, right? I mean, after all, you can look at the watch. Come on, how long is he going to go here? I jest. Nobody says that to me. They just leave. I can pick on myself, okay? I, 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 know, I, don't, I know God uses me. I just don't know how. And I, I really believe it's only because I surrender to Him that I let Him use me. And I'm imperfect. I will be the first to tell you that I am imperfect my memory was injured in that accident and two others. 
And so there are times when I forget things. I forget to turn something on. I forget to set something up. And you'll see me. And I apologize. I'm sorry. I forgot to do this. It's not intentional. It's just not there. It's like as if you didn't have a hand and you went for a cup of coffee. Coffee's still there, but you're not holding it because you can't. And I have to live with that. I, I've, I've prayed. I've, God has taken, oh my, He improved everything. But to this date, He hasn't taken it all away. I've had lots of people pray for me, pray on me, anoint me, and God has said, you're going to hold on to that, and it's going to be a constant reminder to you, like Jacob with his hip. You know, Jacob hobbled the rest of his life because he fought with God, and you know, I hobble in, in a great way because I fought with God. Peter reminds us there's no time with God. And no matter how many times we turn the page from December to January to God, it does not matter. There's no time. And I know that's hard for us to understand. God shows us through the prophets, though, how this is true because He gives the message. And, you know, I've likened it to this, okay? If you have um, a movie, for example, let's say you have a movie. In the old days, it was a VHS tape, and now you've got DVDs, and now you've got Netflix and all this other stuff, and it's all there at once, right? The whole thing is there. And God is on the outside of that. Your life, your movie, if you will. He's on the outside. He can see every bit of it. He sees what you're going to do. He knows what your choices are, and He intervenes every step of the way. He knows what the choices of other people are around you. He knows how things are going to go for you. And if you place your trust and faith in Him, if you really believe, if you really, really believe that He is the one who knows, then you can surrender to Him. He says He works all things together for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And you'll hear me say that throughout the coming year, I'm sure. I repeat that one because I have lived by it. And sometimes I've said, you know, God, I don't know how this is going to be working out for the good. I really have. I've shouted to heaven at times. My wife told me, shh, they're going to hear you. And I was yelling at the top of my lungs, I remember why I quit before. I can't stand hypocrisy. I hate the things that God hates. And we need to be people of truth. We need to be people who are obeying God. And that's the bottom line, obedience. If we obey God rather than man, nothing can go wrong. Oh, it doesn't mean that man can't hurt us. Okay, so everybody's going to celebrate this new year, right? Are we forced to do that? No. Is there anything in Scripture that says don't celebrate? Well, we read that there's a time for everything, even celebrating. So bang some pots together. Yell Happy New Year, but stay sober when you do it. Sadly, so many people are unwilling to accept the truth. We're waiting for the coming Messiah. And so few are willing to wait for anything anymore. We heard Peter, he said, they're going to they're mock, they're going to mock, and where's he at? He promised to come, where's he at? Why isn't he here yet? You know, I've heard that. I remember the first time I heard it was probably about 1977, after that accident. It was a comedian 
Yeah, you Christians, you say, Jesus is coming again. Where's he at? Where's the promise of his coming? And that hit me. That hit me. It's like, that's written. And since then, I've heard it other times from other people. Yeah, they say he's coming. The Lord's patient with us because he doesn't want anybody to be destroyed. He wants all to come to repentance. That means turning, changing the heart, changing the mind, allowing him to wash over you and use you to his glory. That's what he wants. You young people have all your lives ahead of you. God wants to use you for himself and all the rest of us too. We're here because he's not done with us. Peter says that our lives should be holy and dedicated to God. So does that mean we should be of the world? Should we be like the world, doing the things of the world? Or should we be participating in his kingdom-building process? He makes us emissaries. He makes us ambassadors for Christ. We are to take the good news out into all the world, even that little corner where we live, where we exist. It's getting harder because, after all, so much going on in the world. People don't want to hear it. You can't get too close. The day of the Lord is going to come as a thief. And Peter says, since all these things are going to be destroyed, what manner of people ought you to be? And that was then. Are we not any closer? Of course we are. So what manner of people ought we to be? Wait for what God has promised, new heavens, a new earth, where righteousness will be at home. Scripture tells us there's a time for everything. And you know, our celebration isn't to be of another year on this planet, but that we are another year closer to His return. We celebrate moving forward in Almighty God's timeline. That's what we celebrate. Because if we are marking the minutes, the hours, the days, the weeks, the months, the years, then are we marking them for Him? Or are they being marked for us? Paul tells the Ephesians, See then that you walk circumspectly, uprightly. Not as fools, but as wise. And as I was reading that, I was thinking, who did our Lord call fools? The five virgins that didn't have oil in their lamps. Who did He call wise? The five that were prepared. He said, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation. Does that mean we can be drunk with whiskey? Does that mean we can be drunk with beer? Because he didn't say anything about beer, right? He didn't say anything about whiskey. He said, don't be drunk. That's what he's saying. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's what He wants. He wants us to sing to Him as we do. He wants us to sing to Him not just when we're in this building, not when we're just here. 
in our own private lives when we're anywhere to sing a praise to God. God inhabits the praises of His people. You want to get nearer to Him? Sing to Him. Praise Him. And watch how near you become to Him. We're to live our lives cautiously as the wise virgins who were prepared for the Master's coming. We're to make the best use of the time that He gives us here. To the Colossians, Paul wrote, walk in wisdom toward those who are on the outside, the outside of the faith. Redeeming the time, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. In other words, keep yourself clean, preach the Word, share the good news of what God has done for you. You can tell, see, I can tell you what God did for me and show you pictures because there's evidence. He saved me from myself. He saved me from damnation. I could have died in that car wreck. But he said, no, I'm going to keep you. Make the most of your opportunities. Say everything that you should say, and don't say the things you shouldn't. And you know, because the Holy Spirit will prompt you. Holy Spirit will prompt you not to say some things. And those times when I don't heed that voice, I always regret it. And there are times when I do. Be ready to give answers to anybody who asks questions. And that one can be tough for us sometimes. But if you don't know the answer, say, I don't know, but I'll help you find the answer. Be honest. Don't try to make something up. Just be honest. I don't know. I'm not sure. You know what? I don't remember. That's my famous line. I don't remember because I don't. It's in there, but you can't get it out. As I wrap this up, I want you to remember the fact that those who do the will of God live forever, and that's the takeaway from this message. Do the will of God and live forever. It's the message of hope as we turn the page on our calendar. As that clock ticks, ticks, ticks toward what we call a new year, live Make a resolution, resolve in your heart that you will live the year for Him. And as we prepare to turn that page, let's remember to look forward to Christ's return every day. Start the day thinking, today could be the day. Praise God. Let me live as if He's coming right now. And when temptation hits you, it's easy to say, I'll have none of that. I'm going to go with God. I'm going to do what He wants me to do. I'm going to live as He wants me to live. And no matter what this new Gregorian calendar year brings, you'll be nearer to God at the end of it. Let's keep our attention uncluttered with the day-to-day things of life on earth. Let's focus our attention on Him. No matter how ugly things get, No matter what the world throws at you, keep your attention on Him. And remember that glorious promise that transcends all time. So God has you. He loves you. And He loved this world so much that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting lasting life.
The clock doesn't matter and the calendar doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because your life goes far beyond this life. If you keep your focus on Him, what a glorious life that will be. Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You. Lord God, we know that Your Word is true. Help us to live it. Help us to love others. Help us, Lord, to love You as we love ourselves. Help us not to be selfish. Help us not to be lovers of self. But that we would look beyond all of the things of this world to those things that You promise us. The peace that passes understanding. And maybe, Lord, You'll bless us on this side of eternity or the rest of eternity, and maybe You won't. But whatever it is that You have purposed for our lives, help us to praise You even in the midst of storms, to praise You in those glorious times when we would normally celebrate. Help us to keep our focus on You, I pray, and all of God's people said, Amen. All right, now if uh, we can, we'll receive an offering. Father, we ask that You would guide us in our giving. We trust, Lord, that it will be sufficient to meet the needs here and beyond. And we all pray this in Christ's name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.